0: Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, This week, I was supposed to have Eva joining us here, and unfortunately, she got hit by a storm out in Connecticut, so she is out for the day. Uh, Instead, I have uh, TFG1 Mike from GeekCast... Uh, Radio, who's joining us to talk about this. Uh, Mike, I know you've got a series here that you're running with Beyond the Night, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about this?
1: Something like 36? Something like 36? Does it include me? Um, 37? (laughs) You have to make episode 37 about clerks. You have to. Oh, yes. Yes. That is already (laughs) planned. 37 will be clerks. (laughs) All right. So uh, I have been a Knight Rider fan since I was about – earliest I can remember is when I was four years old. So the series had already been on for two years. Yeah. Um, Knight Rider, Airwolf, and A-Team, they were my three – live action action packed kids you know shows that oh yeah it's like their kids watch that aren't uh horrible axe murderers or people that invade dreams or uh <laughs> people that wear hockey masks yes <laughs> no i don't mean casey jones yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know so night rider was was something uh, that um was always a part of my childhood and it has been for the last 30-plus, you know, 30, holy crap, 32 years. <laughs> the show is 32 years old, and the sad fact is I'll be 34 a month. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so. Uh, after the end of the series, uh, the original 82 series, I was like, oh, that's it? It's over? Really? No more? And I kinda really forgot about you know, I, I kept watching it in reruns, but I really didn't pay it. you know, nine, ten year old kid. Right. It ended in eighty six. By eighty seven I was into, you know, Cartoon Turtles and um, metal faced shredheads, me Mr. Oh, yeah. e- Rest in peace. Yes. Um so I had hadn't really forgotten about it because it was in reruns, but I forgot uh, back then, and it's so different from today. Back in the eighties, nobody paid attention to what people were doing t- next. People just popped up, or something just came on the TV. Whereas yeah. now, we have to know oh every single thing anyone is doing. That's uh, a topic for a whole other show. Oh we'll yeah, look in the future, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, Night Rider. I kind of forgot about the people that starred in it after after it stopped doing new episodes. And um, nineteen ninety came around, and I saw Michael Knight with an eye patch, and I'm like, "Well, what?" Yes. <laughs> and then Hasselhoff was Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Yes. Um, and that was awesome and everything else. And then 91, I felt so gypped because my mom forgot to David, but there was a 1991 reunion film, Night Rider 2000. I never saw it on TV. Oh, but have it, you seen it? Yeah. Oh yes. I've okay. seen it. Okay. I've good. Seen, of course I've seen it, but I've, I never saw it when it originally aired.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so we had Night Rider 2000 and then there's this, the only thing that I can tell that it shares Anything to do with the Knight Rider universe is the name. There was some weird thing called Knight Rider 2010. It has nothing to do with the foundation for law and government. It just takes the name. And then in the 90s, the only good thing when a team came together was the – The voiceover from Don LaFontaine, Mr. Movie Phone (laughs) himself, Mr. Voice in the Dark, uh, doing the narration for Team Knight Rider on the opening credits. Team Knight Rider, it tried, but it it failed miserably because it was so 90s, and nothing actually happens. The crazy thing about going back and watching Team Knight Rider now is, I don't have you ever watched NCIS, the Uh, uh, the Mark Harmon series? Yes. David McCollum, Ducky, on that series, was the villain in Team Knight Rider. Oh, God. Oh, God. And nothing... Like, they tried, like, close to the end of the series, they tried to put all this continuity and bits to tie into the old series. They, they had an ingenious way of introducing Kit, but nothing ever came of it, and it just was... It's just bad.
0: Yeah, I, I remember seeing, like, bits and pieces of it and I remember seeing that there was like they they had like a truck and they had motorcycles and they had like all these different cars I'm like really when did all these cars get smart as kit you know and I was kind of like and I was confused because when I saw it it was only like quick flashes and then it was over with it was always the tail end of the show Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like okay well whatever and then I never saw it again I was like "Mm, okay (laughs) guess it wasn't that good (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah,
1: the it it didn't know whether to be its own thing or to try to be a continuation or somewhat of tying into the old continuity of the what continuity there is the old of the eighty two series. And there are two very interesting factoids about Team Knight Rider. Number one the voice of Beast is also Goldar from Power Rangers Kerrigan Man. Oh uh, and number two, Nick uh I think it's pronounced Welsher, I could be wrong. Uh played Trek. Guy that always sounded like Christian Slater in the show. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> And he even he – even the, the character of Trek even makes a comment about that. People get me confused with Christian Slater all the time. <laughs> you know? No, they don't. <laughs> uh, well, because of his voice. Yeah. I, I, I could kind of see that. The funny thing about him is – and this this might be grounds for my geek cred to be revoked. He grew up to star in ABC's Revenge as Jack Porter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So that was TKR, and then in 2008, resurgence uh, NBC was like, "Let's bring it back. Let's do it right. Let's make it a continuation. Let's directly say this is his son."
0: Uh, which by your side, you don't you're you're not on the positive side for 08, are you? No, no, no. I okay. L- let me explain why. Is that I went to Comic Con when they released this in 2008. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they they were making this big deal about it. And everybody's like, oh, okay, great. And they said, we're going to have the car outside of the the convention center. And you walk down there and they pull the sheet off and it's a Ford Mustang GT. And I was like, oh, God, did they, you know, could they have not gotten a Pontiac to do this? You know, what was what was going on with that? Because at that time, Pontiac was still around. Granted, they were on the ropes, but still, come on. You know? okay,
1: but you' got to think of it of it this way, Doug in two thousand eight, how many Pontiac trans Ams did you see on the road versus mustangs true true and, and that's that, the thing. I, that's the thing it was branding Ford was supposed see that's the other thing the show uh, Ford dropped its its sponsorship, i think, or dropped its advertising with the show. NBC pretty much dropped the reason why the show did... that's what I don't like about television these days at least the big five, four, five, however many big network, you know, NBC, yeah. ABC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They give something one or two episodes, and if it doesn't do the best ratings that they ever had on, as a network, they'll kill it or they'll phase it out or they'll put it in limbo. Knight Rider 08 was originally supposed to have like 22 episodes. It got cut back to 16, got added to 18, then it ended I think at 17 but like halfway through it they in the beginning they set up all this stuff oh go online interact interact online and go to the website and learn secret missions from kids missions and whatever else and and then like a month later after four or five six episodes aired poof like everything about it dropped the only time i yeah. ever saw a commercial for it was like tonight on night like The night it was supposed to air is when I would see a commercial for the show on NBC. I would never ever – the whole week leading up to it would never see any advertising for it and that's – it's a damn shame. Yeah, Because it was – on the surface, it was an interesting show. Basically saying that Charles Grayman was one of the original unseen behind-the-scenes guy that originally created the kit technology – um, he now has a daughter, uh, Mike Tracer, who doesn't know anything about his, you know, the last six months, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't know anything about his father. His mother's name is Jenny, but I don't think it's Jennifer Knight.
0: Um, I I just don't. Well, his dad was supposed to be David Hasselhoff's Michael Knight character, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: His father is David Hasselhoff. Is his father is Michael Knight? Yes. Okay. Um, but the mother—that's that's what I'm talking about—the mother that they show in the pilot film before she gets killed. Spoilers, right? Uh, they Grayman calls her Jenny, but we don't know. Like we all know, Michael Knight had lots and lots of torrid affairs over oh, the yeah. <laughs> years, so we don't exactly know which Jenny this is. Now there was a Jennifer Knight in the original series, which is Garth Knight's sister. Weldon Knight's daughter. I don't think it was her, but it's this whole big fan conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera, of who she really is. It's yeah. never really said. It's just said that he's, she's his mom. So come to find out, Michael Knight's his father, there's this whole legacy of why Grayman can't tell them and there's you know the kit technology that's out there, and he's he's rebuilt it. He's made it the three thousand. He's made it into a Mustang because, according to
0: the show, he wanted a different feel of a car. Yeah. Um, well, you know. let me let me say this about that pilot because it bugged the hell out of me. I sat there and I watched the pilot because I was all excited to be returning back to this 1982 feel of of you know Knight Rider, and mm-hmm. then I watched it and I'm watching it and I'm going holy shit, it's a commercial for Ford. <laughs> there, were, there was one scene that was so blatantly commercial. They show the car, and it's got the chameleon paint job on it, you know, this whole chameleon thing to change the color of the car, and it rolls through, and you see the car change colors like three times in the light, and it does this super slow roll, and I was like, oh, God, could they get any more fucking obvious? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is goddamn commercial. And I'm sitting here watching this for two hours. No. And that's what pissed me off about the whole thing. And then it didn't get any better. You know, even when they got to the season two, which shocked the hell out of me that they got a season two. They didn't. Well, they had they had a re-release. Uh, they had a release of it because they had the whole the new super pursuit mode for uh, the the night 3000. And oh, you mean, tur? oh, wait a minute. Wait, uh, the, the turbo mode or whatever it was. They, Turbo mode was in the
1: it was in the pilot.
0: Okay, well they did a new version of it where they did like this newer pursuit mode, and they revamped the car because in two thousand nine, at Comic Con they did another reveal of the stupid car, and this one they take it off and the thing's got these giant drag slicks and it's got this customized rear bumper, and, and it looked absolutely like ass. Everybody I know who owns a Mustang, and I'm one of them because I own a Mustang GT, uh, to see this car, we all kind of went, oh, oh, God, it's going to give a bad name to our cars. And, yeah, people still drive Mustangs. But after seeing that, everybody was walking away going, that thing looks like ass. It was just bad. Uh, It only had
1: 17 episodes. Now, there might have been like a different show car.
0: But it never got a second season. I could have sworn that they had a second season for that thing.
1: Nope. Never got one. Oh. May 19th, 2009, NBC announced that they would not renew Night Rider for a second season. Oh. Ended with, I love the nightlife. Now, really, seriously, um, this show, could, as much as I enjoy it, I only enjoy it up to a certain point. And that's episode 12 because that's where the season should have stopped. Episode 12, again, brings in the continuity. Night to King's Pawn. Because this is where we have the car Mustang voiced by Optimus Prime himself coming back, Peter Cullen. Yes. This was... The pilot film, the first episode and episode 12 are the three best. Yeah. Out of the entire series. And... It was like, oh my god. And I I'm so glad that they went back to Peter because as much as I like Paul Frees in the original series as the second voice of Carr in Kit versus Carr, sadly he was no longer with us, but I'm yeah. very happy that Peter had a second chance to go back and make Carr even more sinister than he already is.
0: Yes. Um
1: like I said, if, if they had ended it right there and didn't do episodes thirteen to seventeen, it would have been the best series finale ever. It really would have, because yeah. it's and, and I and I think that's where you're thinking of the second season type of thing, because they ended it like a like a season finale. They really, really did, because the end of that episode Sarah accesses her her computer and she finds this flag funding and it just keeps the money just keeps counting up and up and up and it's like ooh where can we go from here and then we go to exit light enter night i i'm sorry a metallica lyric for an episode title really seriously
0: yeah, I'm surprised that Lars didn't speak up about that, you know, because he spoke up about well, every the other thing. is spelled
1: thing. with K, not
0: yeah. But yeah. Uh... So I do want to go back since since we've picked on the the 2008 version, we picked on kind of the 2000 Knight Rider 2000. Uh, I do want to get back to the start of this because that's really where I love this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Kind of going back because it originally premiered with David Hasselhoff. Uh, God, I'm trying to think here. David Hasselhoff, William Daniels, Edward Mulhare, Patricia Pearson, uh, McPherson. Or uh, yes, McPherson. Excuse me, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> My uh, wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, you know all these different people here that showed up for the original series, and this is what made it, it made the black Trans Am, an icon of the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, uh, I actually have a friend of mine at work who he loved Knight Rider so much uh, he went out and he bought a black Trans Am and he had the light bar put in the front and then he wanted us all to call him RC3. Well, he was he was black and I have no problem with that. It was kind of like, okay, look, dude, you know, I understand you love it, but I ain't calling you RC3. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, the the show basically, you know, I mean, there were some great. There, I think that they really did have some decent casting for it. Uh, I mean, you got David Hasselhoff, obviously. You know, everybody knows who everybody who's seen David Hasselhoff knows him. He wears that black jacket, almost always the red shirt and the jeans, and that gigantic belt buckle.
1: Yeah, it's it's really really funny because another reason why. I got so attached to this show besides the fact of its, its sheer coolness back in the 80s. I was one of the lucky kids that got to sit in Kit. Oh, yes. I actually got to meet David Hasselhoff. I have a black and white si- uh, personalized signed autograph photo of him in a frame. And uh, they're on Facebook, but I have... Um, a picture of me with him, and I'm six years old because this happened in '86, and and it's him basically bending down and, and staring into the camera from like a, a crouched position, and he's holding my right hand, which I have a mild case of cerebral palsy, and our left hands are doing the thumbs up sign. Oh, nice! <laughs> it, it's it, I, I could have died happy right then, <laughs> and it's one of these things where it's one of these things. Where uh when we got to the car to to sit in the car, the lady had the hardest time with me because I did not want to pay attention to, for the damn picture. I just wanted to drive <laughs> <into> the damn car. <laughs> I thought it was the actual car. From, I'm six years old. I mean, come on, a six yeah. year old's going to think William Daniels is going to be you know stuffed in the back of the trunk doing voice commands for you. You know what I mean? It's like oh yeah, oh my god. But yeah, that was such such a cool moment for me, uh, being able to go to that, being able to meet him, and uh, it was just it was so so awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and the funny thing is, the first thing we see of him in Night of the Phoenix isn't even him; it's no. some actor with his voice dubbed over.
0: Yeah, and that kind of that kind of tripped me out when I first saw it because I was like, "Holy crap! They did they did a pretty decent job of dubbing his voice yeah but i don't know who the guy was unfortunately they killed him off and i i still don't understand to this day why mike why um uh, uh william william knight uh ended up having him reconstructed his face to look like to look like garth yeah i um, was kinda like mm, okay
1: because he wanted a good son
0: <laughs> i guess <laughs> you know and the only difference between him and Garth was that Garth had that mustache but you yeah. know i was like oh. you know it, it it looked so cheesy 80s you know almost bordering on the 70s slick nasty kind of kind of mustaches that you see that's kind of what it reminded me of uh i do want to bring up that one thing that i i remember and it was it happened in 94 and He was actually – David Hasselhoff was actually trying to pull off something where he was popular again uh, to kind of bring himself back into the limelight. And he was actually going to have on pay-per-view a whole thing with his albums because he's he's done singing and whatnot. And I'm sure everybody's seen the crazy uh, uh, video that he does, Hooked on a Feeling. If you haven't, go look it up on YouTube. It's absolutely hilarious to see it because it's just so cheesy. Uh, But he was supposed to have this pay-per-view thing that was supposed to go on. On June 17th, 1994, mm-hmm. which coincidentally was the same day that a white Ford Bronco with Al Collings and O.J. Simpson was driving down the 405 freeway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he got screwed from that. But everybody in Germany apparently saw him and loves him to this day for his singing career. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't know whether to say that's a good thing or a bad thing about Germany, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, now, I do also want to bring up William Daniels because we did mention him. He was obviously, you know, you and I both know that he was the voice of Kit. Uh,
1: Most people nowadays would know him as Mr. Feeney
0: from Voice yes. World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I mean, that was the thing is I had a friend of mine who I was telling him I was going to do the show, and he goes, you know, when I first saw Boy Meets World, he goes, oh my God, that's Kit. I <laughs> know, yeah. I got to be honest that I didn't make the connection until I saw the picture of William Daniel. I'm like, oh, my God, it is Mr. Feeney. And it was, it was horrible for me because I should have known that considering how much I love this goddamn show.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I – when I first saw Boy Meets World, I must have been looking away when Feeney first came in the room or something or else because all I heard was the voice and I turned, I'm like, what? what? What's Kit doing on TV again? It's nineteen ninety. Oh, this is the nineties. Where? What the hell? Um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, it was. It, William Daniels, even though he didn't he didn't want to be credited at all. Like he's not credited anywhere. I mean, he is in some places, but on the actual show titles, he's not credited anywhere. Because back then, he didn't want to be credited as as the voice of a car.
0: Well, and part of that was because he was doing St. Elsewhere as well on NBC. Yeah. And he didn't want that to show up, which is kind of funny because he played a doctor on there. uh, But he also came back to play – he played Mark Craig on St. Elsewhere. And then he came back later on Grey's Anatomy to play Dr. Craig Thomas, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, Craig and Craig. (laughs) Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved him, William Daniels. The thing about this that bugged me, I went to Universal Studios back in, like, 84, 85. My parents took me up there. And they had, you know, they had a Kit car that you could go and sit in and look at it and everything. And I'm getting all excited because they said, oh, you're going to be able to go up there and sit down and talk to Kit. And I go and I sit in the car and I'm checking it out. I'm going, this is cool. And all of a sudden, Kit starts talking to me. And it the guy who was doing the voice of Kit was gay.
1: And I was what? just like, no,
0: no, this is not Kit. And I almost started crying in the car because, you know, here I am, like, I want to say six or seven years old, and I'm hearing this voice coming out of the car that's not William Daniels.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And it just, it broke my heart. I'm like, that's not Kit. That's not Kit. And we got out of there, and I, you know, I, my sister and I got out of the car, and we walked away, and I went back to my parents. I'm like, you could tell I was totally confused. That my parents were like, what's the matter? That's not Kit. <laughs> And we walked away and my parents were trying to explain to me that, you know, sometimes they have special cars that come out and they have, you know, different kit cars because they had the jump car and all this. And I'm like, but that's not kit. Yeah. (laughs) It was horrible. But, you know, to this day, I still, I will still listen and hear William Daniels and go, that is the only kit that will ever be. Val Kilmer, who did the one for the Knight 3000, that wasn't kit for me. Sorry. (laughs) You know, he, he, as far as I'm concerned, Val Kilmer is ruined by playing Batman, even going to play Kit.
1: Oh, stop. Val Kilmer. Oh, God. Okay, Val Kilmer was a bad Batman, but he was a good Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, you know, him and George Clooney as Batman, those should never have been put together. (laughs) But anyway, uh... I did also want to mention here some of the other people, uh, Edward Mulhair, who showed up. Uh, he really kind of – this was kind of his big thing along with what, our man Flint, uh, with James Coburn, uh, Ghost of Mrs. Muir, he he showed up in. And he did show up one more time with David Hasselhoff. Uh, he did an episode as Dr. Lancaster in Baywatch Nights before he passed away in 97. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, kind of a small part, but you know, hey, he got his notoriety there again to show back up. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I don't know. As soon as Devin died, I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> that's yeah. the end of that."
0: Yeah. Uh, I now I have to bring this up here too because the next character I want to talk about, uh, Doctor Bonnie Barstow, mm-hmm. played by Patricia McPherson. You know, I was confused as hell with this. Season one goes through and then all of a sudden they bring in April Curtis as her replacement.
1: Yeah, she uh, – apparently it's behind the scenes stuff. Uh, that's that's kind of like what happened with Stu Phillips, the, the original composer of the theme with Glenn Larson. Stu Phillips only did the first 13 episodes of the series. Don Peake then came in and did the rest because the bigwigs the people that were running the show, not necessarily Glenn Larson wanted somebody else to do the music outside of Stu Phillips. And there's this whole war between Stu and Don and everything else. And, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the Patricia McPherson thing was, uh, was one of those things where she either got fired because they, she wanted too much money or it was one of those behind the scenes kind of things.
0: Yeah. But I know that I know that uh, Hasselhoff and Mulhair were lobbying to get her back, and there was just a huge fan reaction to you know Rebecca Holden coming in as april curtis and don't get me wrong, Rebecca Curtis you know Rebecca Holden was she was hot, but you know it wasn't it wasn't Bonnie, and I think yeah. that's what pissed me off is that all of a sudden you had kind of like this whole dick switch from bewitched where they bring her in and they replace her, but it wasn't quite you know a full dick switch, and it was just I, I don't know. I didn't care for her. I, I liked Bonnie. I did not like Rebecca Holden.
1: Well, she only like you know. Bonnie came back in season three, so
0: yeah. And she was the one who repaired Kit when he had uh, when he got in with with um, the so, super yeah. pursuit. Yeah, super pursuit per- per- um, mode. There we yeah. go. Uh, and I was the other one. I was kind of. Cur- kind of confused with is Peter Peros, who showed up as RC3. Uh, I didn't really understand why he was unknown, apparently, until season four, that, oh, we don't have this driver for the truck, for the flag truck, but you always see the flag truck showing up, and, you know, Kit (laughs) drives up into the back of it. Well,
1: they probably just had a random, you know, random drivers, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where... In season four, they were adding all this stuff, they needed to add something to it. And uh, the plot of Night of the Juggernaut is it's his father's, it's RC2's garage. So, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, you let him into this world, you let him see all this technology, you got to do something with him. So, yeah.
0: I guess so. I mean, it just, it seemed kind of odd that, oh, here all of a sudden he pops in and he's, you know, the driver of the flag truck.
1: Oh, well, um, he's the new driver, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, last person, obviously, that we both love, and I have to bring it up because he has several, he has several spots in this one, or at least, at least one for the very beginning was Peter Cullen as Carr. And, mm-hmm. you know, for those of you who have not seen the show, the very beginning episode with Carr... They bring him in, and he just does a great job. I mean, I I was listening to it, and I kept thinking the same thing that you did. Oh, my God, it's Optimus Prime. (laughs) It's an evil Optimus Prime. What is going on with the universe? That and, oh, my God, it's the voice of Corrin from Voltron. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, one thing I was surprised by, I didn't know this until I started looking this up. I didn't know that Peter Cullen did the voice of Eeyore for Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that he did, you know, Corin for – and uh, the narration for Voltron. Yeah. Uh, I knew that he did uh, Monterey Jack in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, but I had no clue that he was – that he did uh, uh, Eeyore. That just kind of blew my mind. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Eeyore is – from what I remember – because I, I don't think he's doing it anymore. I think they wanted to go in a different direction or maybe he – I don't know. I don't know the whole story behind that, but I remember – at one – I saw some video on YouTube where he was like, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore or something like that. But the way I think of Eeyore is he's a very, very slow, depressed G1 Ironhide. hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funniest thing going back a minute just to Peter Paris for a second, the funniest thing was um, – <laughs> the uh the trip part 2 episode of seinfeld peter perros is officer too yes <laughs> i was like what is rc3 doing on seinfeld
0: <laughs> oh well i i've noticed that he was he's done like a whole bunch of soap operas too uh you know young and the restless one life to live as the world turns i mean just i'm like dude is this what you've done after night rider and that's all you've wanted to do
1: he started on, according to this, he started on Facts of Life in eighty four. Well, not really. Yeah, um, one of his first roles was Facts of Life in eighty four. So uh, uh-huh. lately, he's been on the Haves and Have Nots, one of those Tyler Perry shows. As of the, as of last, I was gonna say as of this year. It's not twenty thirteen anymore, yeah. thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He was a judge on Law and Order. I, I mean, the guy has done a lot of stuff, whereas yeah. uh, uh, Patricia McPherson, she retired in 91. She had like one guest appearance on Warehouse 13 a couple of years ago, but yeah. she hasn't done anything lately.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know she did a couple episodes of, like Murder, She Wrote and Matlock, and I think that she was in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, but yeah. you know, pretty much done, unfortunately. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I thought she was kind of hot and that was the whole sexual tension between her and, and Michael Knight, you know, the them going back and forth. I thought that was kind of nice, but you know, he always had to run around with all the other women and he was always coming back to her and be like, she kind of reminded me of, of his money penny, you know? Yeah. And, and just, eh, you know, she was there. I, I liked her a lot more than I liked Michael. To be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. Michael was a great character. I kind of like Bonnie just a little bit more. Maybe it's because the whole sexual appetite, you know, the, mm-hmm. the sexual appeal. I guess. <laughs> uh, now, I, I I know we've been kind of mentioning a couple of the episodes. I did want to bring up how the thing kind of how the whole thing kind of got started, and how uh, Michael Knight came to be. Uh, in that he originally started off as this guy named Michael Long, who was a policeman, uh, and in the pilot episode, he gets shot in the head and he's left for dead. And the whole reason that he doesn't die is because he's got this metal plate in his head that the bullet bounces off of, apparently. And I, 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 I saw that, and I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I, I guess, but wouldn't he have brain damage from that as well? But I guess not. I, I guess a little thirty eight snub nose hitting you in the head on a metal plate doesn't do that much damage.
1: No, I guess, I guess not. Yeah. But yet... Well, yeah, because she didn't have a metal plate in her head and she hit against bulletproof glass. So,
0: yeah, I would say didn't really work out for Tanya too much. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, of course, he's there in the car. He's yelling, Tanya, don't shoot, don't shoot. Blam. Dumbass. lawns <laughs> they never listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he ends up, I, I know he gets rebuilt. Well, he has his face reconstruct, uh reconstructive surgery done on his face. And he ends up becoming David Hasselhoff and, you know, they go on and they give him the car, the, the night 2000. And I, I love how Devin introduces the night 2000 to him, the kit car. And they're sitting in the car and he goes, okay, let's see what we can do. And he steps on the gas and smashes through the door. And he goes, maybe if you'd let me open the doors first. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no,
1: no. (laughs) You're, you missed over one important thing. As soon as they get in the car okay, what's all this? Looks like something out of Darth Vader's bathroom.
0: Yes! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I started laughing. and I, One of the things that I did notice throughout the series is that like in the first season, they mentioned him as a black Trans Am. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, like seasons 2, 3, and 4, it's always a black sports car. Which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm like, Wow, well, they, used, they,
1: they used to use the t-top thing, or when season four hit, they would use if he's in C mode, they would use convertible to, to describe it. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal was with the whole branding thing back in the eighties, because ever since then, all hail, you know, all hell will break loose if Transformers uses a Volkswagen Bug for Christ's sake. You uh-huh. know. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with all that, though.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, I, I get why Bay did what he did with Transformers. I don't understand why they didn't keep up. Well, I kind of do with Pontiac, because Pontiac really kind of died, but, you know. Yeah,
1: that's, it's kind of hard to put a Pontiac car into your show when the, the company doesn't exist.
0: True. <laughs> but who knows? It may have kept Pontiac alive, because they were having so many uh, people that were wanting black Trans after Knight Rider came out. So, yeah. uh One thing I did pick up here was that Glenn A. Larson, when he was talking about this, he did say that this was kind of supposed to be a modern-day Lone Ranger, which I kind of see that. I kind of get that. You know, you have Michael Knight going through, and he's kind of the Lone Ranger, and, you know, he had – you know, Lone Ranger had silver. Michael Knight's got Kit. So the only difference is that Kit talks back. Yeah. <laughs> you know – so I, I kind of got that. I, I liked it for that. And, and when you stop and think about it, yeah, he kind of is this, you know, masked man in a sense who goes through trying to right wrongs throughout all the series. And he's he's always seeming to try and he always ends up in like a bunch of different places. Like uh, I know in one of the first episodes that I saw, he goes to White Rock or White Bluffs or something like that. Yeah. He ends up with the motorcycle gang and. That was kind of cracking me up because that's all the Back to the Future lot. If you look at it, it's the courthouse and Back <laughs> to the Future yeah. and everything. <laughs> you know, and he, there's a couple of scenes where you see him driving, and there was one where he starts chasing car in in uh, the first car episode, and he drives car drives right across the the courthouse lawn, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, some of that, some of that for me is because I've been to Universal Studios so many times, and I've seen the back lot. I know what it looks like, and it's just kind of one of these things of. I'm breaking the fourth wall looking at that and going, wow, I totally recognize that. And it just, it's off the back of my mind, but it's, it's still great. I love that. You know, you uh, I did see, oh, pop culture references. I have to bring up, uh, back in 2008, a GPS manufacturer came up. They got William Daniels to voice this. They have a GPS that sounds just like kit. Yep. And I kind of wish I'd pick this up, because I wouldn't mind having, a, having you know, William Daniels' voice talk to me as Kit, telling me to turn left and turn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It just would be it would be nice, but, you know, I don't know how much, I don't know if I can find it now, just considering that, you know, it's, you know, what, uh, five years out, six years out? I don't even know if the maths would be good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there, there were so many things that came out of this show, just, you know, cars and model cars that... I remember Ertl had their model car that they were building for it. Uh there were all sorts of radio controlled stuff. Uh there was there was like stunt tracks that had a little Knight Rider car that would actually go through loops like a Hot Wheels car. Just a bunch of stuff for this movie, for the show. Yeah. Uh now did you hear that they were working that there's a uh possibility of them working on a new actual feature length movie for this?
1: Yes, it's been in limbo for years.
0: Yeah, I just it,
1: It's been in limbo so long that we don't know if it's ever going to come out. We don't know if we we just don't know because it's just one of those things where it's there, you know, there are times where, oh, David wants to do it or, oh, David doesn't want to do it or, oh, well, we can't do it because there's no studio. Because originally when it first came on the scene as far as a news thing was uh, Revolution Studios
0: had it and then the Weinsteins had it and
1: who the hell knows who has it now. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I mean last I'd heard the Weinsteins had it and just – from all the shit I've heard about the Weinsteins, those guys just can't seem to keep good projects going or they'll, they'll shit on a project because they don't want somebody else to have it. And it's, it's really kind of sad that, you know, that they've kind of taken over Miramax and, and kind of screwed Miramax royally.
1: Yeah. Don't yeah.
0: Even, don't get me started on.
1: on so, the so Larson back in 07 had, Appeared in a personal video for NightCon 07 in the UK. This Mark Larson's first public video appearance in which he addressed the fans directly and presented visual confirmation of a script for a proposed Night Rider motion picture. Since this initial appearance, plans have been underway at the Weinstein Company to bring Night Rider to the big screen as an updated take on the original series pilot, Night of the Phoenix. Larson's motion picture plans obviously had nothing to do with the 2008 TV series. And according to June 26th, uh, 2013, Brad Copeland will be writing the film script after beating out Travis Beecham and Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Ursi. Thank God. Kurtzman and Ursi do excellent writing for television, but for film scripts, they kind of suck.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I will agree with you 110% on that one. Uh, I did want to bring up here for bits of trivia, because I have, I have the trivia here that I always love coming to, and people seem to love this. Uh, obviously, we did mention about the Pontiac. Uh, that was a 1982 Pontiac Trans Am for the kit car. Uh let's see here. the Oh, the hood-mounted scanner that we see mm-hmm. also showed up in Battlestar Galactica as the Cylons uh, scanner that they have on their robotic faces back in the eighties as well. And Glenn, a Larson said, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, it's almost identical, but that's it. That's the only thing that ties into it. Uh, although in the Battlestar Galactica, they did have, uh, I want to say it was Starbuck that was flying around. They, they had modified a Viper that had voice interaction and it basically kind of talked back to him just like Kit did, which I thought was kind of, I thought it was kind of like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Not quite the same, though.
1: All right, so let me ask you this. Would you rather have had what we got in 2008 for Kit, or would you rather have had the technology that NBC used for the show Viper, for the car actually transforming?
0: Oh. See, I, I liked the Viper stuff, because the, the skins would flip over and it looked better with that whole dragon skin kind of look. Mm-hmm. But... I, I don't know. It it, it was because the Viper was Viper was totally '90s, and you could tell it was trying to be Knight Rider, but it wasn't. Yeah. And the 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 Knight Rider that they came out with in 2008 was just I I it pissed me off. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. I uh, see. A Viper is a better Knight Rider than Team Knight Rider ever could be. Viper is not the best show in the world, but it was damn good yes for, for for '90s television and the thing with the two thousand eight and the in the the Mustang and all that stuff is they had to go by that technology and well if transformers can transform on the big screen well sure a kid can transform into because that's the thing they changed it from the pilot uh the pilot film uh, uh, tells it uh Prometheus, they changed that. They changed his technology between the pilot film and the opening episode of the series. Yeah. He he I don't think he transformed in the pilot film. He did color change and texture change and that kind of stuff which I kind of liked. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but by the by the first episode of the of the actual series, he could actually transform just like Optimus Prime does into Obviously, Kit couldn't become a giant robot, but he could transform into, like, a a truck, which kind of looked like Beast from Team Knight Rider. Yeah,
0: they, they had him transforming into a Ford F-150. Okay, yeah, as if, again, this wasn't it's a giant marketing. Ford commercial, yeah. It, it, it's marketing. That's, that's what it's all about, is marketing. Yeah. Uh, now, I did notice as well when I was watching this. Apparently, I guess in all of season one, they only had Kit's voice flashing as a red light on the dash. And then in season yes. two, they season would. Season two is when the lines came in. And I I guess that that was all done because people really liked the way that cars lines looked. And they decided they were going to just change that out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I I got to say, I kind of like that version better because the flashing light was kind of bugging me.
1: Yeah. Well, well, see, that's the thing. It's like. When you look at someone – when you're standing in a room talking to somebody, you like seeing – And even though you're hearing their voice come out of their mouth, sometimes some people like looking at lip movements. I know that sounds creepy and wrong, but it's one of those things where in television you have to see how the person is, is talking and the voice box in season one – it just, it wasn't really that cool at all. And then in season two, they added the line version. And the funny thing about season one is William Daniels did, he does an amazing job, but it's like that in Night of the Phoenix, that's a very deep, dark Kit voice. Because yeah. look at the scene where where he's trying to wake Michael up. <laughs> Yes. And <laughs> um, he's driving on the highway asleep. Michael. Uh, Michael. Michael. You know, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you know it, yeah. it, it gets really low and down there. Um, uh, the coolest thing for me with William Daniels as Kid though, came in season four episode uh, Killer Kit. When they re- get Marco Barrio reprograms him and turns him evil. And it's not, a, it's not a vocoder. It's not a voice effect. It's William Daniels' voice. I ain't your pal. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just – it was just amazing and awesome. But, yeah, no, they did change that over and I'm kind of glad. And it really – some as much as I hate to say this, but some of those season one episodes, it hurts my eyes to watch that thing.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's – It's wouldn't... just so different. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if people were going back to watch it now and, oh, look, epilepsy episodes, <laughs> epileptic <Yeah>. seizures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, did you know this about uh, David Hasselhoff and William Daniels, that they, for the entire first season, they never met? Never met, yeah. It was – they didn't meet until like a Christmas party for, after the first season had started to wrap, I guess. I was kind of like, wow. <laughs> Uh, and I'm still trying to figure this out because another thing that I have here is that the auto cruise car that we used to see when, you know, Michael wasn't ever in the car and Kit was driving by himself. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I guess they managed to fit some sort of stunt driver into the car seat. So uh, it looked like the car seat was driving. <laughs> I always would have well, thought just radio control it, you know, because that's what they would do now for it.
1: Yeah. Um. What was his name? Oh, it's Jack something. It's on the tip of my tongue here. Um, but yes, uh, when there was, when it was meant to look like no one was in the car, there was someone in the back seat that had, had, he had a, um, a secondary steering wheel so he could steer the car and it would actually look like the actual steering wheel of the actual car was, was really doing it. Um. But, yeah,
0: uh, it's just one of those things. Oh, and, and I have to bring that up. I have to bring this up. That steering wheel, mm-hmm. I, I have to be honest that that steering wheel is completely non-functional. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's a reason for this that I bring this up because I was watching an episode of the U.S. Top Gear. And I apologize for anybody who follows Top Gear because the U.S. version really isn't anywhere near as good as the BBC version. But they had... One of the guys went and he got a Trans Am, a black Trans Am, and was trying to make it into like one of the coolest cars of the '80s. So he takes the round steering wheel and he cuts notches in it so that it can look just like the steering wheel in Kit. And as he's using it, he kind of goes, "Oh crap! I can't make the full turns because there's nothing for me to grab onto." <laughs> So as you see Michael doing – as you see David Hasselhoff doing these turns where he's turning the wheel and he's grabbing it fully, he's having to really reach to grab that steering wheel to crank it over. But he's going so damn slow it doesn't make a difference. At speed, it's fucking unusable. Sorry.
1: Jack Gill was the stuntman. Small roll
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean it's one of those things where – it wasn't like – back then in those days, it wasn't like you could have a camera car following the thing behind you and, and control it that way. I don't think – and I know we had you know RC cars and all that stuff back then, but I don't think that you could have done that with this show with yeah. the way it was supposed to look. But um, actually he – I believe – and I think this is kind of where the, the, um, the misconception and, and conspiracy about, oh, they've got William Daniels stuffed in a trunk – yeah. which they never did. He did voice track before or after, you know, you know, whatever. Uh, but I believe it was Jack Gill, uh, the the stunt guy, either in the back seat or half in the trunk and half in the back. There's a feature on the DVD set that he, he talks about this. Uh, I think it's Night of Stunts or Stunt of Nights or so, so something or other, and he talks about, and they show you how they did it. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, it was still cool to see the car drive by itself and regardless of functionality, you got to admit that gullwing steering wheel was awesome.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I always thought that was the coolest thing. And I remember or when I was a kid, I want to say like, you know, when I was like four or five years old, they had these big wheels that you'd ride on and the big wheel had, that,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, they had like this, that night Rider style gullwing style. Steering wheel for the thing, and you like the handles, and it was just—it was the coolest thing. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know that little slide thing, so you could slide out with the with the little big wheel. It was yeah. just the neatest thing, and I haven't seen anything like that since. You know, I guess kids—too many kids—got hurt on them or something.
1: I don't think parents nowadays know what big wheels are. You know, parent—you know, young parents that are raising young children nowadays. Yeah. Um, I don't think they know what big wheels are. I, 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 I think a, a whole generation
0: was lost for a while when it came yeah. to certain toys. Yes. Uh, now, I do want to bring up, did you notice in the pilot that when you see them going to the desert, when Michael gets shot in the desert, the car that he's driving was a Datsun? It, mm-hmm. was, it was a 280Z. And then they, they like they go and they repair his face and everything, and they say, oh, yeah – we're going to have Michael be, you know, we're going to fix him up and everything. And then they bring him in and they introduce him to his car. And he goes, that's my car. And it's a Pontiac Trans Am. And I was like, I noticed because in the dark, when he was driving there, it was supposed to be a Datsun. Well, originally they were going to use a Datsun uh, 280Z and General Motors kind of substituted in. They said, here, we'll give you a car and we'll let you use this for the Pontiac Trans Am. And so you still see bits and pieces of the Datsun showing up in the pilot, Mm-hmm. But then it shows up as a Trans Am all of a sudden later when they go to the when they go to the Night uh, Foundations buildings.
1: Yeah, well, you want to hear some other disturbing news? Okay. When <laughs> actually a fan of ours, a fan of Beyond the Night. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, He sent me a message on Facebook, um, oh, God, a couple of years ago. Um, Ryan McDougall, a fan of ours, pointed out... Um, And I actually have – I actually responded to him on a video, Dion, my host, and I, we recorded this thing of, oh, my God, how dare you destroy our childhoods. They replaced the Trans Am that was supposed to be car going off the cliff. It's not a Trans Am. Yes. I have pictorial – Evidence of this screen cap from the episode. Oh, yeah. It's not a friggin' Trans Am. So, Knight Rider, if you look at it really closely and technically,
0: it's gonna break your heart. Oh, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> I, and I remember looking at that because my wife was watching it and I go, holy crap, that's not a Pontiac Trans Am at all going over the cliff. It looks like some sort of like Ford Fairlane or something going over. And I'm like, yeah. the hell is that? It was,
1: oh, no, is, is it the Ford Fairlane? If it's a Ford Fairlane, that would be interesting because wasn't that the the base model for the
0: '66 Batmobile? Uh, it was either a Fairlane or a Lincoln. I can't remember.
1: Okay, because it would be interesting if if it was a Fairlane because George Barris did both cars. Yes, did, did
0: the Batmobile <laughs>
1: and um, uh, Batmobile and, and 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 the original Trans Am for kits. So yes. Um, it would be very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, and I had never noticed, like, because that's one of those things a car flying off the cliff. That's one of those things where it happens in a split second. And unless you're going frame by frame by frame, you're not going to catch it. And I didn't catch it until the, this listener pointed it out to us and I'm like,
0: Oh God, no. Yeah. And you go back and you watch it. You're like, uh
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but I know why they probably did that though, because heaven forbid Pontiac get, you know, a car destroyed.
0: Oh yeah. Well, and that was the thing, like in uh, the first part of the Goliath, uh, mm-hmm. the night of the Goliath where, we see him trying to take out the front wheel of the Goliath, and he gets smashed up, and there's huge dents in the front of Kit's hood, and the car's starting to roll over. I'm like, holy crap. They're allowing this to be showed, and I mean, it's crystal clear as the car flips over in front of you that there's these dents, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's supposed to be impervious to damage, and this is happening? Okay, I guess. <laughs> But yeah,
1: it's, it's just great. Well, you got to think of the times though. You know what I mean? It's like they didn't have like, if shows today have a car or a plane or a bike or, you know, a red and black, a black van with a red stripe, you know? Yeah. Sure. Shoot your, 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 your money shots and then hell, you know, you just take it into digital progression and just do it. Do all the stunts digitally? Or yeah. You know, I mean, they didn't have all the technology back then, so they had to really, really work at it. And that's kind of what is. I, I know there are some films nowadays that still do stunt work, but every time you know, I, I, I hear about stunt work or stunts aren't done, or oh, it's do, done by wire, or, oh, it's done digitally. Yeah. It's because the insurance, yep. the, the insurance on this stuff is. Just astronomical. If a star gets hurt, uh, you know, a lot of that's like, um, again, making another Power Rangers reference. Jason David Frank told me that and he, he said it to other fans too, but he, he, we, we asked him when we interviewed him. He said, Yeah, I would have loved to have done my own stunts and I could have done them perfectly, but they wouldn't let me because of insurance. Yeah. And that's usually a lot of the times that 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 happens. So so when you see him in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie uh the movie doing that corkscrew corkscrew kick, that's not really him. God, <laughs> it's, just, it's it just goes to show you that it's like that's why I prefer not to look at a lot of the behind the scenes stuff because yeah, I like I like the visual in my head of that person doing it even if even if I know that they're not.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there, there's so many things I remember having my heart broken when I first found out that lightsabers weren't real as a kid, you know, and finding out that it was these guys holding these sticks that, <laughs> you know, and I was like, really, really? And I had to find that out. Oh. So, you know, to see some of this behind the scenes stuff, I, I like this partially because at this time they were still doing crazy stuff. You know, they, Oh yeah. you know. When you have Airwolf flying and going through and you have, you know, Kit and Knight Rider going through and making these jumps, Dukes of Hazard doing these crazy car jumps, you know, that to me, you don't see that stuff anymore because everybody's too afraid of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it bums bums me out that, you know, people aren't wanting to do stunts like that anymore. But it is what it is, I guess. So Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for us here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Talking About My Generation. Uh, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, you can send us a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. Uh, you can send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. And Mike, if you want to plug your shows, go right ahead.
1: Go over to GeekCastRadio.com, which is the GeekCast Radio Network head website. As of this episode, we are currently starting our year five Celebration. We've been online five years now. Uh, for all in-depth Night Rider stuff, check out Beyond the Night. Uh, you're going to have to look for it on the website because every time I've tried to submit it to iTunes for the last two years, they've never, ever replied. Whether Usually iTunes, when you submit a podcast to them... It takes them maybe four or five business days to either give you an an approval or a denial email. Every time I submit it, nothing ever happens. <laughs> so sadly, it's not in iTunes. But my host Dion Walker and I we do uh, we, we we do in depth sometimes in depth team night rider not so much because there really isn't much that we can analyze. It's just nothing there. But we're covering every single episode of all three. Uh, television series plus Knight Rider two thousand. Uh, you know we covered all all the episodes from eighty two. We're about to start uh, two thousand eight here in a couple of months. Uh, you can also check out uh, the pullback, which is our comic book review show. We have M-Wire and M-Wire Weekly, which is our movie week and review show. Um, whole bunch of stuff over there. Go check it out.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and sign off this show here, and we're going to come in with the uh, Knight Rider series in intro and outro uh, for you guys to listen to.
1: Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in the world of criminals who operate above the law. A lone crusader in a dangerous world. The world of the night.